You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, folks? This is Michael Bumpus along with my producer, Nasa Chobie. You're listening to Hawk Talk Preview Edition, but we're talking about the playoffs, baby. The Hawks are going to Philly to take on the Eagles. Now, before we do all that, we're going to get into the injury report, and I'll send it over to Nas. Thanks, Michael. Pete Carroll stepped to the podium this week and gave updates on Quandre Diggs, Marshawn Lynch, Jadavion Clowney, Dwayne Brown, and Malik Turner. Quandre, practice today? Yes, he's going. I think you said on Monday that Marshawn kind of came out pretty well. Yeah. On Sunday, a couple days later, any updates? Yeah, he's good. He's ready to go. Ready to practice today and, and uh, no hesitation. How about uh, Malik Turner? What's his situation? Um, he's gonna. He's got some tests to do today to get cleared for tomorrow, and uh, everything is trending towards he's gonna be, be back. Um, but I say that, and he's got a meeting here right now that he's got to you know perform in and, and uh, show that he's okay. How's Brown doing? He's working at it. He's trying to. He's trying to get back. Um, he's he's going for it. And see what he can do. I don't know anything right now. There's nothing he's done on the field yet. JD. Yeah, he's fine. Well, he's practicing and going. He's, he's doing the best he can, so he's ready to go again. The best news out of all of that, it looks like Quandre Diggs will be available to go this weekend, which is huge news for the Seahawks secondary. All right, Bump, let's get back into it. You Like you mentioned, the wild card playoffs, it's the second season. The Seahawks are the fifth seed in the NFC going on to take on the NFC East division champs, 9-7 and seven, Philadelphia Eagles. 9-7 and seven in their hosting. Yeah, man, we all know what we signed up for. You know what I mean? It's disappointing. We have a better record, but it is what it is, man. It benefited us a long time ago. So, hey, it's a new season. We already know it. This team is 7-1 and one on the road this year. So, I don't think being on the road is going to be an issue at all this postseason. No, not at all. You know, obviously, we wanted to win that game against the 49ers to get Minnesota at home. But I'm confident on the road. The thing that you have to respect about the Philadelphia Eagles, though, they won four games in a row after being five and seven. So this is a resilient group. Mm-hmm. You got a Carson Wentz who was balling right, low-key balling. No one's talking about him. Over 4,000 yards, about 27 touchdowns, mm-hmm. seven picks. He is balling, and he doesn't have a lot of targets to go after. So you got to respect this offense. You have to. I mean, um, the first the first matchup, the Seahawks obviously were victorious. Uh, the Final score was seventeen to nine. It really wasn't that close, honestly. If you look at the at the game, it was seventeen to three until about a late garbage time touchdown with twenty seconds remaining in the game. But Carson Wentz has been doing it without guys. Man, they've missed a ton of receivers. Um, if you look at their offense, they're kind of middle of the pack um, in terms of offense per game. Three hundred sixty yards. That's fourteenth in the NFL. Um, their pass offense is eleventh in the NFL. Two hundred thirty nine pass yards a game and running the ball. They're a little above middle of the pack, ranked 11th at 121 yards per game. So they still got weapons, man. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's Carson Wentz. It's all about Carson Wentz, and he's having a really good season. They look average on paper, but we know that, like you mentioned, it's a resilient bunch, and this is a playoff. Their head coach, Doug Peterson, took them to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. They have guys that are battle-tested, so definitely not a team you want to take lightly. Not a team you want to take lightly. And then you look at their rush defense to rank number three in the league, rush defense, only letting their opponents average about 90 yards per game. 
You know what these Seahawks want to do. They want to rush the football. They averaged about 130. Last week they had about 120, mm-hmm. 125 with their backups, with their fourth uh, string running back leading the way. Then there's Marshawn, and we still haven't seen Turbin yet. So yep. there's going to be some chess uh, chess going here, chess match going here. Yeah, and, and all season long, obviously, uh, with Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, CJ Procise, the Seahawks have faced top-ranked rush defenses and been and prevailed every Done time. well. The Buccaneers came into Seattle, the number one rush defense. The Seahawks were able to run the ball. The 49ers are a really good run defense. The Seahawks both times were able to run the ball. So it's happened throughout the season. The Vikings, another good run defense, and we were able to run 200-plus yards on them. So it's something the Seahawks want to do. It's a part of their philosophy, and I definitely think that's still going to be part of the game plan. I think with their track record, it doesn't matter who's carrying the ball. They can get that done. Yep, doesn't matter. It's all about the guys up front and the timing of the play calling, and I think Schottenheimer's doing a great job of that. Now let's talk about – their first game against Philly in Week 12. The defense played one of their best games of the season. The defensive line, Ziggy Ansah had one and a half sacks, two QB hits, and one forced fumble. Rasheem Green, one sack. Shaquem Griffin, four tackles, almost had a sack and was super active. Reed, a half sack, three tackles. Puna, one tackle for loss and was disruptive all game. That's kind of what they need to do. Mm-hmm. If Carson Wentz is the key to Philly having success, the D-line's going to be the key to stopping them having that success. Yeah, and the another big thing about that first matchup is there was no Jadeveon Clowney. Exactly. So having him back and having that D-line at full strength, with like you mentioned, Reed, Ford, Shaquem Griffin coming off the edge, Rasheem Green, who had a really good sophomore season. Obviously, he led the team in sacks. The Seahawks didn't have a high sack number this year, obviously about 27 sacks on the year. But Rasheem Green, to me, took probably the biggest step of any of those rookies from last season into his second year. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, another top performer in uh, Week 12 when the Hawks took on Philly in Philadelphia, K.J. Wright, another Mr. Consistent, had 12 tackles. Bobby Wagner had six, and Michael Kendricks probably won't have this week. Will not have. He won't have had 11 tackles. So we'll miss Kendricks there. We'll still have Bobby. We'll still have K.J. So now Mr. Young Cody Barnes is going to have to step in and make some plays. Yeah, and the good thing for Cody is he has seen a lot of football now this year. He he started early in the season. He started getting a couple reps against Atlanta. Then he played against the Rams, and he played last week, and he played a lot of Carolina. So he's gotten a lot of game reps against a lot of different teams. And I think this matchup does, does suits him pretty well because – um, he's really good in pass coverage, right? And they're going to try to do a lot of underneath stuff, a lot of in, in between the numbers. So I think Cody Barton's going to have a big day, and we're going to need him to because Kendricks was incredibly active with 11 tackles. Yeah. So that's going to be Cody Barton stepping into that role. So we're definitely going to need to see something from him. Cody Barton, he's gotten some reps, but most importantly, he's healthy. He yes. ha- he's gotten reps, but he hasn't gotten hundreds of plays, mm-hmm. you know. He's gotten experience to where he should feel comfortable on the field. He's young and he's healthy. We're going to rely on Cody Barr to make some plays. Now we're going to talk about the secondary. The last time the Hawks played the Philadelphia Eagles, Trey Flowers had 10 tackles, three passes defended, one interception. Shaquille Griffin, four tackles, one pass defended. Bradley McDougal, six tackles, one pass defended, one interception. And Quandre Diggs, one big hit. Hope this guy's available to play. Boy, I do too, man, because when Diggs was back there, those the Seahawks defense had the best stretch of games when Diggs was on the field. It was yeah. the Niners game. It was that Eagles game. It was that Vikings game. When all those guys are in the secondary there together, they were gelling them. I mean, Diggs is going to come down and hit you, right? Yep. He he takes great angles. He He's a great football player. Trey Flowers had the best game of his season, and he had a really good year this year, so he did well against the Eagles the first time. Shaquille Griffin is back. He had one game under his belt, which is going to be great to kind of get his legs back under him because he's come back from a hamstring. And Bradley McDougal, Mr. Consistent. So if we can get all those guys back together, that is when this defense is 
100% at full strength, and that's when they're at their best. They're at their best, and they probably were at their best in mm-hmm. Philadelphia the last yes. time they played. Offense didn't really put up that many points. They relied on the defense to get it done. You know what the conditions were like. It was windy. So far, it's supposed to be clear. Mm-hmm. But you know how the weather goes. It could yeah. turn any second. So they're, they're projecting for good weather. But end of the day, this defense has been there. They've done that. They're getting healthy. So expect big games out of those guys there. Offensively, the Seahawks struggled at times but dominated on the ground. Rashad Penny, who we will not have, had his best game of his career with 129 yards on 14 carries and a touchdown. Chris Carson, who we're not going to have, had 26 yards on eight carries, totaling 174 on 26 carries and one touchdown. On a windy day, Russell Wilson was 13 for 25, 200, and a touchdown. So not bad numbers. No. Not but just, just weren't able to get in the end zone in the uh, the amount of times that this offense would have liked to. Therefore, they leaned on their defense a bit. Yeah, you know, like you said, I think people really underestimated, myself personally, I'll start with myself, underestimated how bad those conditions were. Yeah. Because I remember there was a play, Russell hit Malik Turner on the little flea flicker play for a touchdown. And there was another play where Russell's scrambling to his right, had Hollister in the Wide end zone. Open. And just and that's Russell Wilson. That's yeah. an MVP caliber player, and he kind of sailed it over because the wind was such a factor. So, which goes back to whether the wind's a factor or not, conditioned or not, we're gonna have to be able to run the ball still. Yep, doesn't matter. Rain or shine, the Hawks will run the football. Now we're gonna move over to our key match matches. We talked about a little bit already. Carson Wentz, Wentz versus the Seattle Seahawks front seven. Now Wentz is the first player in history to throw for four thousand yards in a season without a five hundred yard <laughs> receiver. According to ESPN, that's amazing to me. You know what that tells me? Everybody's eating. Yeah. Who wants to eat? I mean, that is – there's a reason it's not happened ever. In the in, To go for 4,000 yards without one 500 receiver, that means it's spread across the entire team. Whoever's in there, he's getting it done. He also set a franchise record for single-season completions at 388 and became the first quarterback in team history to reach 4,000 yards. The Eagles have been playing for a long time, Bob. Yeah. Donovan yeah. McNabb. Donovan They've Randall had, Cunningham. Mm-hmm. They've, they've had some dudes. They've now. had some guys. Nick, hey, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Hey, he got him a ring. He got him a <laughs> ring. So they've got some dudes. So that just kind of speaks to Carson Wentz and that he is going to be the key, the number one key matchup for this game on on Sunday is Carson Wentz. Yep. Overall, Carson Wentz is slightly over four thousand yards, twenty seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. The first game against Seattle, he was thirty three of forty five, two hundred fifty six yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. We need a couple of those interceptions this week as well. Yeah, we need to be ball hawks. We need to be ball hawks again. It's been a couple weeks since we've had that barrage of turnovers. Um, the Seahawks are still, I want to say, third in the league with about plus 13 or plus 12 in the turnover, turnover differential. So we're going to need to see some of that come back up. The next matchup we're going to focus on is the, R- the RBs, the running backs, Travis Homer, Marshawn Lynch versus the Eagles front seven. I'm going to throw a turban in there too because mm-hmm. you never know what they're going to yes. do. Travis Homer last week had 10 carries for 62 yards, five receptions for 30 yards. Wasn't his debut per se, but his debut as a starter, mm-hmm. and he didn't disappoint. The guy played well. He looked explosive. He wasn't shying away from contact. He was good in the pass game. He was good in the run game. When the game was on the line, he was the running back who was in the game. Mm-hmm. That that game potentially game winning drive. He was a guy that Pete Carroll and Shotty trusted. Well, of course, and he's proven it all season long. You know, it's probably tough for a rookie in your first year to be behind. Uh, Chris Carson, who's a boss, who, you know, Rashad Penny, who's a first-round pick, C.J. Procise, who's done it at times in this league. So it's hard and for him to kind of keep his head on straight and just focus, stay in the play block, playbook, work with running backs coach Chad Morton, kind of just keep his head on. It was great. And you saw on against the 49ers. Yep. That is 
arguably the best defense in football. Yeah. And he was still he did just enough. And the way he runs, man, that man doesn't care about his body. No, sir. He will just whether he's somersaulting, doing flips, he's coming downhill and he's looking for contact. You know, when I was twenty two, I didn't care too much for my body. <laughs> Nowadays, now nope. I gotta get up and stretch. <laughs> Next running back we're gonna talk about, you know who it is. The beast. Marshawn Lynch, 12 carries, 34 yards, and one big touchdown. The thing that impressed me most about that touchdown, when you look at it in slow motion, he jumps over the line. He thinks about stretching it out. Now nah, he brings it back in because he knows he's good. It just looked so natural. It didn't seem like a guy who wasn't explosive, who was uh, sitting on the bench or sitting at home on the couch for two weeks. He looked like a guy who was, hey, I'm ready to go. And then you hear him talk. He said, second half, I started getting my legs. I started mm-hmm. feeling it. So I would expect a little more from Marshawn Lynch this game, knowing that he's got had a couple weeks of practice, and now he's been banged up a little bit. He's felt the game. So step it up just a little bit. Yeah, and, the, the you know, the numbers, I think we mentioned this on the last podcast, 12 carries, 34 yards, not going to blow you away, right? But that doesn't tell the story of what we saw from him. Yeah. Beyond the emotional lift he gave us, you, there's one, his long yard uh, run of the game was 15 yards, but you saw that explosiveness and those cuts and the, the Marshawn that we're used to seeing. So seeing that's great, and, man, I'm not going to lie to you, it was just nostalgic. Seeing 24 <laughs> in the backfield and Russell turned to handle Lynch when you hear from Rabel, I mean – it's it's a big lift that he gave us. It was fun to see. And the thing about it for me that's most encouraging is, like we mentioned, he has stuff he has stuff left in the tank. Yep, he can still go. So I think he's going to be a bigger part of the game plan this week. And the combination of those two is going to be r- crucial for this team, especially because they're going to have their work cut out for him. Yep, and have their work cut out for him, especially because Rashad Penny went crazy the first matchup, had probably his best game, but he's not going to be available. So you got to roll. With Travis Homer, Marshawn Lynch, and Turbin, as long as that old line is semi healthy, I don't, mm-hmm. I can't say healthy because it's it's the yeah. playoffs. Everyone's no banged up. Yeah. up. Everyone's dealing with something. As long as they can get, can get a little push, I think this running back core will be okay. The next matchup: the Eagles receiver core versus the Seahawks secondary. Eagles receiver Eagles receiving core is banged up. They're missing three starting receivers. Deshaun Jackson's out. Alshon Jeffrey's out. Nelson Aguilar is out. Where do you go from here? You got a bunch of names in this box score that I don't – I'm not really familiar with, Nass. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. You got Boston Scott, uh, Dallas Godert, uh, Josh Perkins, Deontay Burnett, Greg Ward Jr., Robert Davis, Miles Sanders. Those are all the guys catching passes from Carson Wentz last week in their Week 17 victory, a game they needed to win to win the division. So they got guys that they have had to call from the practice squad. They got a, a bunch of guys that the NFL, us included, aren't super familiar with. That being said, the Seahawks secondary, I think they need to be aggressive. This Take week. advantage of this. Mm-hmm. They don't have their starters in there. If I see these receivers go off, I'm going to be very disappointed. Trey Flowers is having a good year, man. Shaquille Griffin's having a good year. Quandre's having a good year. McDougal's having a good year. This secondary was the question mark going into the season. But now they've gained a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. They've shown that they can make plays, and you have to take advantage of – this roster of this receiving core right here, you have to take advantage of it. And now we don't know if Zach Ertz is going to play or not. Right, and Zach Ertz is their leading receiver. Zach Ertz is kind of their do-everything guy for him. And if he plays, if he if he puts on the pads and suits up this weekend, he is a bad man. Yes, the man's is. got broken ribs. He's got mm-hmm. a bad back. And, yeah, so if he can get out there for them, that'll be an incredible effort on his behalf. If he doesn't, that's another advantage to Seahawks secondary, and they're going to have to come with it. Yep, never, never wish bad on a man, but if he's not out there, I'm not, I'm not too sad. Next matchup, Eagles O-line versus the Seattle Seahawks defensive line. 
The Philadelphia Eagles starting guard Brandon Brooks is out for the season, suffering a shoulder injury during Sunday's win over the Giants. Now their tackle, Lane Johnson, all pro tackle, is out with an ankle was out with an ankle injury against the Giants on Sunday that was suffered in week fourteen, the win over the Giants. Um decimated. Yeah, that's um, beyond the, re- the receiving core is one thing. Now up front, they got young guys. They had um, the first time we played them, Dillard from Washington State. Yeah, got to start. And then go they, Cougs, go Cougs. Then they replaced him with I'm not even going to mess around with his name. <laughs> Big number seventy five came 75. in there, and he's he's been playing right tackle <laughs> for him. So honestly, the, the defensive line they need to take a page out of what they did the first time, and they need to get after it. Right, that's a great recipe. They're banged up up front. They're banged up in the secondary, okay? If our defensive line can get pressure with how well our secondary is playing, especially if you can get Quandre Diggs back, that seems like a recipe for success for the Seahawks. This may be the only team that's more banged up than the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and it's hard to do because the Seahawks, their their injury report list is, is pages long. Can't fit on one page. So it'll be it's an interesting comparison, but, yeah, that's going to be huge. All right, let's move along to the playoff picture on the NFC side. Of course, we've got the Seahawks versus the Eagles. We're going, we're going to go ahead and say the Eagles win this game and move on. You, then, mean, the, you mean the Seahawks win this oh, game? Oh, oh my goodness Holy gracious. Holy smokes. I, it, it went, I looked hey. around and I said, <laughs> what? The Seahawks. <laughs> hey, I'm looking at a chart that's green on green. Yeah, there's, it, two, there's two birds right there. I got you. I got you. I'm, I'm got sorry, you. guys. I'm sorry, guys. The <laughs> Hawks move on to play the Niners. Underneath them, we got the Vikings versus the Saints. Who you got? That's a, I mean, the Vikings are a good football team. The Seahawks played them. Kirk Cousins, Loki's having another really good year. I just, my personal opinion, I, I don't see how they go into New Orleans, another, and probably the, other than Kansas City, maybe the toughest environment outside CenturyLink to play in in New Orleans with Drew Brees, with Thomas, the way Kamara, the way they've played. We saw them earlier in the year. I don't see the Vikings winning that game. Um, I, I have the Saints in that matchup. And, what happens, for those of you who don't know, playoffs, okay, you have the wild card round. The winner of those wild card games, the lowest remaining seed, will play the Niners because they're the top seed, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other team will obviously play the Packers at Lambeau. So if everything kind of maps out the way I think it's going to, I believe the Vikings are going to lose to the Saints, and the Saints will head to Green Bay. And the Seahawks, if they take care of business, will be going Back to play the San Francisco 49ers. And I feel like they've had a couple good games this year. Had a couple classics. Mm-hmm. A couple classics. I'm going to say the reason why the Vikings don't beat the Saints, one name. Okay. Kirk Cousins. He doesn't beat teams that have winning records. That's just not what he does. It's not in his DNA. He doesn't win on primetime, doesn't win on Monday night, doesn't win on Sunday night. That's just not what he does. Probably a great guy, but Kirk Cousins is just not going to get it done for those boys. Yeah, and then and obviously I think every all the 12s out there would love to see the Seahawks and Niners go at it, rubber match one more time. On the other side, uh, AFC, you got the Bills taking on the Texans, and then you got the Titans and the Patriots. What do you think about that bump? Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. I'm a Josh Allen fan low-key. Everyone yeah, hates on him. He's not a very accurate quarterback, but I appreciate his athleticism. I just like to see him play. He's a fun player to watch, and I love Buffalo's defense. I got Buffalo. Who you got? Uh, I'm going with you. I got Buffalo, too. I mean, first of all, Frank Gore. Yeah. I mean, come on. the come fact on. that he is still playing, Frank Gore, I mean, I was a kid watching him play <laughs> at Miami, and then he's he was with the Niners during – during the when this rivalry was at yeah. its peak, and he was a boss then. That was seven seven years ago. You know yeah. what I mean? The fact that he's still going and playing is huge. The Texans, um, 
they get to the playoffs every year. They're a solid bunch. J.J. Watt, I saw a report, is probably going to come back and going to play. Go for him. The difference, so this is why it's kind of hard for me because the Texans have been in this early Saturday window for the last decade, Forever. and they've lost every single time. But they got Deshaun Watson. They do have Deshaun. Deshaun Watson and Hopkins is the is the one that kind of gives me pause, but I still think the Bills are going to go out and get a, a road victory. And then the Pats, who have not played on Wild Card Weekend for a decade. They don't play the first week. I mean, Tom Brady had plans. <laughs> he was going to Cabo or something like that. Man, and, and the Titans, which is crazy story, too, because obviously that was Marcus Mariota's team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ryan then Tannehill comes in, balling. Balling out. But. I'm, but, I'm going for the upset. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going with the Titans, man. Wow. I think this is the game that Tom Brady decides I'm done. Wow, I'm that not is, gonna do this. That is a hot I'm, take. I'm That's going. Hot take I'm going with the Titans. Okay. I, obviously, the Pats are the favorites. I'm going with the Titans, and if the Titans win, I'm gonna double down and say Tom Brady is done playing for the Pats. I don't think he'll wow. play for anybody else. Maybe he won't. He loses this game. I think he's done. Wow, um, that's a bold that's a bold take that we will definitely <laughs> revisit on Monday. But I mean, I can't. I, it, Tom's Tom's still the goat. Uh, I I don't see any way that the Titans go into Foxborough and get it done. But you know what, Miami just did. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But this is a different season as we started this podcast about. This is season number two. That doesn't matter anymore. But you know what? That's why they play the game. That's right? why you got to play. That's why they play the game. Sorry, Bump. How do the Seahawks assure that they're going to be playing on divisional weekend? What do they got to do to get the stuff? This is how they do it. They got to start fast. Don't get down early. Set the tone on the Eagles. Uh, the Hawks can't come from behind. We know that. They've proven it all year long. Russell Wilson has a million fourth quarter yeah. and overtime comebacks. They've been there. They've done that. But with a team that has all these guys out, you're coming off an emotional loss. The Hawks are getting healthy. You're getting a couple guys back. Establish your dominance and let the rest of the NFL know that you are for real. And how do you do that? You come out and smack them in the mouth the first series. Yeah, no, it would be great to see a three and out defensively. It would be great to see the offense march down and score and let people know they're not messing around. That's 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 going to be huge. Obviously, like you mentioned, if that doesn't happen, that's not the end-all, be-all. But yeah. it would be great to see, and I think that's huge, just kind of set the tone for the rest of this month. Yep, set the tone. Hey, get the Eagles fans booing. You know they'll boo them. All right? Oh, yeah. You get them booing early. Uh, what else they got to do? They got to pressure Carson Wentz. Playing two backups on the offensive line. They're playing two backups on that old line. You got to take advantage of every situation that you have. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the backups are bad. I'm not saying they're, they're horrible, but they're no. backups for a reason. Right. All right. If that defensive line is healthy the way that we're expecting it to be, they got to take advantage of that matchup. Yeah, no, I think – that's huge. That's, uh, that was obviously one of our key matchups. Um, Clowney, hopefully he kind of recovers from his the core injury after playing last week. But you, if you have him, looking for Ziggy Yance to have a big day. Puna Ford, Jay Reed, those guys, they have to be active. Like there's, They have to be active. Also, what they have to do, you have to run the football. Get Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch going early. I would like to see Marshawn get the very first carry of the game. I don't think he will. I think Travis Homer has put in – um, his work, his time to deserve that first carry. But it'd be nice to see Marshawn get the first carry. Whoever gets it, I don't care if it's a one-yard game or a five-yard game. Lower the shoulder and remind these guys that the Seahawks run the football and they do it well. I loved it. I would love that first play, whoever gets it, to be a run. I think it's – Ray Roberts talks about this all the time, how he's always like – he in big games like that, he wants to come – he's so jacked up. He wants to come for – you know what I'm saying? He yeah. wants to – 
fire off the ball. He yeah. doesn't want to start past that. And so I would love to see a big physical run on first down, kind of get the chains going, again, setting the tone for what we're going to see. Also, they got to tackle and eliminate the long drives on defense. They must tackle. I think if the Hawks tackle a little better last week against the Niners, the game might be different, but who knows. And then eliminate the long drives on defense. Your guys get tired with those long drives. You need a couple three and outs just to rest those legs and keep those guys motivated. Yeah, no, definitely. The Niners had, I think, four, four of their five scoring drives for over eight plays, and that's too long. Yeah. You've got to find a way to get off the field. Last but not least, continue to be Road Warriors. The franchise is 7-1 this year. That's their franchise best on the regular season. Keep doing what you're doing. Struggle at home, okay, that's over with. But let's focus on the good. The good is they're 7-1 at home, and this is the postseason, new season. Go 1-0, go down to Philly, handle your business, come back home victorious, and hopefully playing the Niners and Cali the following week. I, I really hope we're having a nice, fun Pete Carroll show Monday morning with Danny Gallant and Bump uh, talking about how we got to get ready for an epic showdown against the 49ers. Here we go, folks. Wild card playoffs. That's a Hawk Talk preview. The Seahawks are going to Philly. It's been real. I'm Michael Bump as your host, along with Nasa Chobie. Have a great one. <laughs>